My name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Embers to Excellence. My goal is to explore the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. In addition to leadership, I like to discuss mental health, PTSD, and overcoming adversity. If you have a favorite episode, I would love to hear about it. Message me through social media or my website, and I will share some free tools to help you achieve your goals. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review. If you haven't purchased your copy of my book, Fireproof, please grab a copy today. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Adele Spragan. She is an award-winning author, a thought leader, and an international speaker and trainer. She has been awarded the 2020 Woman of Inspiration Award, and in 2021, she was recognized as the top behavioral expert of the year. Her book, Shift, Four Steps to Personal Empowerment has won three awards and is sweeping the globe, transforming how people are setting and achieving their goals. Her journey of discovery and learning helped her answer why the personal and professional methodologies she was following did not work for her. The result is the creation of her proprietary four-step repatterning technique, which she delivers through a, a member portal called the Pattern Maker Hub. Today, she supports thousands globally to achieve extraordinary levels of happiness, peace of mind, prosperity, goal achievement, and life fulfillment. So thank you so much, Adele, for coming on and, and sharing with me in the audience, uh, because, I mean, that's uh, that's what we're all chasing, right? Uh, happiness and peace of mind. Absolutely. And happy to be here, Dave. All right. Well, um I'd like to start off uh, learning a little bit about you, you know, where you were born and raised and and what life was like growing up and, uh, you know, maybe some of your early influences. Sure. Um, so I was born in England, but when we were three years old, my father worked for Shell Oil. So we moved to Venezuela and I grew up in a, a small town in Venezuela. Well, started off in the capital city, Caracas, and then moved to a very small town. Um, my father became mentally ill very early after I was born. So I grew up without really a father or much influence. And my mother, bless her heart, tried to deal with it as best she could in a strange country where she didn't speak the language and had three young children, three young daughters who were relying on her. So it was an interesting background. Um, one that I learned a lot from, one that I would not trade a moment of today, but it was tricky going through it. Well, where where are you at now? Are you? Uh, oh, today the, uh... I'm in Ontario, Canada. So okay. uh, we moved to Canada. Um, Shell Oil transferred my father there, um, and yeah, and then let him go <laughs> as soon as they got us into a country that um, had some social net. <laughs> and. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you do you mind um, touching on uh, what you're referring to as mental illness? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, he was diagnosed with a very a whole bunch of different mental illnesses. To be honest with you, back then they didn't know as much as they know now about the human brain and about what was going on. So therapists would do their best to diagnose him and it was tricky. So he was diagnosed as bipolar, he was diagnosed as schizophrenic, as paranoid, um, a number of different things. Um, 
basically what would happen is he would just leave the world. He would be in the room, but he wasn't there. And then after a while, he would rage and start breaking everything in the house and um, just couldn't control his temper at all. So and it was it would come and go in waves. And that's why they first diagnosed him as bipolar. That, that's tough and it had to have been tough for you and your sisters, not not just your mother, um, but. When you're... Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, it, it was a tricky childhood, but one that I really learned a lot from, and I gained a lot of courage having gone through it. In fact, you know, a funny story, Dave, I, I had a dream after I had done all of my personal development, and after I finally felt like I was completely free of that past. And I had this dream where my father died, and I was standing at the front of the room giving him a eulogy. And I thanked him for everything that he had given me, courage and the ability to bounce back and resilience and compassion and generosity and everything that I'd gained from it. So, you know, if any of your listeners are going through these terrible times and they are very tricky to get through, know that on the other side, there is a gift that you are being provided. And and if we can find that gift, that little bit of gold in there, and then it could, like me, create your whole future uh, from that gift. So, yeah. I've had sev several conversations on this show where, you know, we, we touch on that. And it's really, you know, you might not recognize it when you're going through it. But if you have the the wherewithal to look back and and say, okay, without this event, I would not be where I am now. Um, and it's hard to understand the positivity that can come out of something while you're going through it. It's it's horrible. Yes. But it it, it does sometimes it takes a while to to really look, be able to look back and say, oh, without that, I wouldn't be here or this wouldn't have occurred. Yes, so. absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the strength that we gain from needing to build resilience as we go through those situations is so valuable. And it allows us to face life head on. You know, I like to say it gives us the sword through which we can deal with any problem, no matter what comes our way. So it's definitely beneficial. Um, I do always encourage people, though, to get support. It's not something that we can do alone. I went through decades of therapy, decades of personal development. And and frankly, Dave, the reason that I got into what I did is it didn't quite work for me. It, yes, it supported me. Yes, it got me to a place where I could do life, right? But it never really got me to the place where I felt fully personally empowered. And that's when I went back to university to study, okay, how does this human brain of ours work? Because I really wanted to be totally free. And so that's what I learned and that's what I today teach. But I do encourage everybody to get the support that you need and find the right support for you. It's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the topics that I touch on quite a bit is is the importance of effective self-leadership and, and that piece of, you know, maybe it's as simple as accepting the fact that you need to get help. You know, that piece is, 
you know, a lot of people, and I'm I'm speaking from personal experience. I I had a really hard time accepting the fact that I needed help, mm-hmm. uh, and and when I finally did, then things uh, got better. Um, mm-hmm. But you you have to you have to do the work, and it's not easy. That is that is one of the trickiest things, right? That initial call that you need to make to a coach, to a therapist, to somebody. That very, very first call is the hardest thing to do. Once you do that, then it's pretty much, you know, you're over it. You're over the hill by then. But that first call, yeah, it takes a bit of courage. So pick up the call, pick up the phone, try. You know, you can always go back, but you got to step on the path, as they say. You you went back to to the university to continue your education, and can you talk a little bit about that and and how um, you discovered that that is what you needed to focus on that that piece of your education to help you develop further? Yeah, I I been at this point by the time I went to university, I had been in personal development for thirty five years. I was I was an adult. I was like forties in my forties when I went to university. Um, what was happening was I I had this terrible pattern of quitting. So I would get so far down the path of success, and then something would happen. Frankly, I'll tell you what happened. I would upset somebody or somebody would appear to be upset around me and that would just have me turn tail and run. And I would quit whatever I was doing and I would start again. I was um, really, really into people pleasing. It was the way I managed as a child. Um, I could not break this pattern, no matter how much courage I used, no matter how much hard I pushed through, I just couldn't be free of it. And so I thought after about 35 years of applying everything that everybody was telling me to do, every coach, every therapist, I would do it 100%. I thought to myself, okay, it can't be me. There's got to be something off with the operating instructions we're using. So I really wanted to understand how is my brain making this decision to quit? So I took myself to university and I studied, but I studied a very broad range of information. I didn't take psychology. I I wanted to study neuroscience. I wanted to study psychology. I wanted to study history. I wanted to study literature. I wanted to study the human equation because I wanted to understand what's going on inside of me. And sure enough, I came out of university with um, a real clear understanding that most of us are using the wrong operating instructions that our brain patterns are actually in charge of our decisions, of our beliefs, of our behaviors. And those brain patterns are coming on board first. So if you just think of a a brain pattern as a neural pathway in your brain, you can see it makes sense, right? So that neural pathway has to be there first before you can take an action or adopt a behavior or believe something. And I kept working on it as if I should change my beliefs or as if I could just change my actions. But Until I learned how to deconstruct and upgrade that brain pattern, I really was stuck in this pattern of quitting and I could not get out. Once I knew how to upgrade my brain, now that idea of quitting just disappeared. It was literally, Dave, I literally stepped out of one identity into another. I was in this identity in which quitting was what I had to do, did just was automatic into this identity in which quitting just wasn't even there. I never even thought about it. (laughs) So at that point I went, wow, like I'm really onto something here. Also, I, uh, despite how much therapy and personal development I did, I still had terrible panic attacks every single day. I would have panic attacks for 10 years. Um, 
And those two started to melt away. After about six to eight weeks of me working with my brain, I noticed, wow, I'm not panicking anymore. And it was such a surprise to me because I wasn't fighting panic. I wasn't trying to deal with panic. It had just melted away. So at this point, I decided, okay, I got to teach this. I don't know how, but I've got to teach people how to do what I'm doing. So I gathered together a group of people in my basement and I said, okay, guys, you know, let's try this. And at the time, this was very early days, about 50% of the people who were there started to get these same amazing results. So I thought, okay, that's it, where I'm onto something. So since then, that was 10 years ago, never look back. I now teach thousands of people how to work with their brain patterns. What would you relate that uh, that difference to where 50% uh, saw changes and the other 50% didn't? Uh, well, I think partially it was because I was very new at teaching it. So I didn't really fully uh, understand the method. Today, I use a four-step technique. It's very, very clear. And each of those steps is very well-defined and practiced and perfected over thousands of people. Uh, at that time, I didn't know. I, I was throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it would stick, right? I just kept saying, okay, let's try this. All right, let's try this. And so the fact that 50% got it, I went, oh my gosh, that's remarkable. I didn't even <laughs> expect that. So... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it was pretty exciting. Yeah, I have some of those stories in my book. But, um, you know, one story which I always talk about because it's just so night and day was this woman and she thought that she, um, well, she had this pattern for walking in which every time she went out for a walk, she would get winded. And, um, and I knew this to be true. I had met her at a conference and we had walked from one building to another to get lunch. And by the time she got to that halfway to that building, she said to me, oh, my gosh, Adele, like, I got to slow down. I got to stop talking. I, I just can't walk this fast. So after she she was one of my these first people in my basement. And I said to her at the time, I said, do you get winded when she was a builder, like she built houses? So I said, do you get builded, winded when you take sledgehammers to walls? And she said, no, that's different. And I said, why is that different? She said, well, that's work. And I said, okay, this is a pattern, right? So I sent her off for a walk and I said, just go and see what that pattern is. And I taught her how to identify the pattern. And sure enough, she phoned me up a couple of minutes later and she had gone to the end of her driveway. She'd put her running shoes on, gone to the end of her driveway. She was standing there wondering whether to go left or right. And she realized she was winded already. So she called me up and she said, you're right. This is a pattern. What do I do about it? And so I taught her how to upgrade that brain pattern. About two years later, Dave, I called her just to check in because I often call my clients just to see how they're doing. And I said, how are you doing? She said, great. I just got back from holidays. I said, oh, where'd you go? She said, hiking. I went, really? She said, yeah, I love walking. She had completely forgotten who she was in the past. And that's how remarkable our brain is when we're able to upgrade those brain patterns. It is that night and day. It was like me stepping out of that identity of quitting into a one where I just didn't. It was the same thing. And that's what's capable, what we are all capable of when we know how to work with our brain patterns. Can you talk a little bit about those brain patterns and how we would recognize where, sure. you know, this neural pathway is? Because, you know, I feel like that 
ties in really nicely with with PTSD and how absolutely when we are traumatized a a neural pathway is created and mm-hmm. so even though this traumatic event isn't occurring if there's something that triggers that memory it triggers that response um it's like we're just utilizing that one neural pathway instead of what we would have used before that traumatic right. event. And in a, it feels like, you know, when I work with people with PTSD, they say to me, like, it feels like the brain's being hijacked. And that's exactly what's happening, right? Like that neural pathway is all there is in that particular moment. So, yeah, that's a great thing to look at. What, How does that create, create it, first of all? Well, the human brain isn't born with patterns. We, unlike other animals that are born instinctively knowing what to do, we have to learn everything. And every situation that we face Our brain takes the action behavior belief that we are holding at that time and stores it away for future use. And then from every time we encounter a similar situation, we will call on that pattern. It is that pattern that gets triggered and that fires. And it is that pattern, guys, that is taking your action, your behavior, your belief. So we only think that we're in charge of our actions, behaviors, beliefs. We're not. Our brain patterns are. Now, That doesn't mean that your brain isn't you. Of course it is. But to know that that is what's happening is really, really helpful if you're dealing with something like PTSD. It's not your fault that you are taking the actions that you're taking. You have a pattern in your brain that is taking those actions. So how do we identify that? Well, or let's go back to how it got created. You face a traumatic incident and your brain deals with it as best it can. And so once you're through that situation, your brain stores that pattern away from future use and says, okay, next time I encounter a similar situation, the brain says, I know what to do. I will just call on this pattern and that action will be taken. Great, that appears to work. But the problem is, is that the situation you're in today is not exactly the same as the situation that you were in in the past, right? But never mind, the brain doesn't care. The brain is going to go fastest route to action, fastest route to keeping you safe. And if that pattern gets triggered, according to your brain, that's the fastest thing to do. And so it just keeps doing it. And each time you do it, you line up after yourself and it becomes easier to do it the next time, the next time, the next time. So this is how a pattern just gets triggered over and over and over again. So we have to go in and first identify that pattern and then upgrade it. So let me teach you how to identify a pattern. A pattern is easily identified because it's a three-part intertwining, physical sensation, emotion, thought. When the three aspects of your being come together, it is that pattern that will then take an action, a behavior, or belief. So I like people to think of their brain as an iceberg. The top of the water is all of your actions, all of your behaviors, all of your beliefs. Below the the Uh, water, I should say, is where the patterns lie. So patterns give rise to those actions, behaviors, beliefs. Once somebody has a pattern for post-traumatic stress disorder, then Dave, I'm sure that you know, immediately you're being sent into a behavior, right? Typically a panic response, typically a, a, a flailing action that you're doing that you just can't seem to control, correct? Good. Okay. That is given by a pattern. If we can identify that pattern and you need to do it when you're not, let me just back up. You need to identify the pattern when you're not triggered, when the pattern is not underway. 
we can then take the pro start the process of repatterning that. So that step one is just identify it. Let's stop thinking that the problem's out there or the problem is in you, it isn't. And let's start addressing it where it really is in the pattern itself. So that's step one. Step two, you're gonna flip the switch and you're gonna own it as a pattern. So let me just explain what I'm just gonna about to say. Your brain has no access to the outside world. It is locked inside a dark, silent skull. There is no sound in there. There is no taste. There is no smell. There is nothing in there but neural pathways, electrical impulses, which are flying down these channels. Okay. We tend to look at the situation and say the problem is out there. Or we'll look at other people and we'll say the problem is there. Or we'll look at ourselves and say the problem is me. None of that is true. The problem comes strictly from a brain pattern, and that brain is doing its best to keep you safe, okay? So we need to flip the switch. We need to stop blaming or looking out there for why we're doing what we're doing. We need to stop looking at ourselves for why we are doing what we are doing. And instead, we need to own it as a brain pattern. And that's a very simple step. You're just going to say, I created that. And that just reminds your brain, yeah, yeah, hang on a minute. It's not actually out there. It's happening first in here. Now, step three, we are going to upgrade or deconstruct that pattern. Sorry, we're going to deconstruct that pattern. We're going to pull that pattern apart. Okay, now that sounds more tricky than it is. It's a little tricky for me to explain how to do that. I do write the instructions in my book. And if you get my book, then you'll know exactly what to do. Uh, but basically what we're doing is we're putting the three parts of that pattern, physical sensation, emotion, thought, back in their respective places. Okay. And then finally, we can upgrade that pattern and create a new one that's going to take you in the direction you want to go. So that's what I discovered. It's a very simple technique, but simple isn't easy for a lot of people because our mind tends to overcomplicate things. Um, and once you know how to work with your brain patterns, you can overcome anything. I just gave you a ton of information. Yeah. There, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about your book. When when did your book uh, release? So I released it in, um, let me see, was it 2019? Yeah, I think it was 2019 when I first published it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's titled Shift, Four Steps to Personal Empowerment. Um, and is that really referring to your four-step yes. repatterning technique? That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. So in that book, there is um, there's an understanding of what patterns are and how your brain creates patterns. There's an understanding of how to identify those patterns. And it goes through the four steps and it shows you exactly what to do. So all the steps are in there. And then finally, it looks at some findings in neuroscience and what's actually going on in your brain and how your brain is working. So, we, and it's, I keep it very simple. I don't make it, you know, neuroscience is a big fancy word, but <laughs> it's, I keep it very simple so that people can understand exactly what your brain is doing. It's, it's really interesting. Uh, I don't know, remember, I, I've interviewed several neuroscience experts and I, I think it's incredible that you know, for years, well, for centuries, millennia, whatever, the you know, Eastern 
um, philosophy or medicine, mm-hmm. they they understood those neural pathways, but it was something that the West really didn't recognize. And now the science behind it, we're really identifying what's going on uh, in clinical terms. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I find it really interesting that there is this ancient wisdom right in front of us all this time. And, you know, now we've got the science behind it. Absolutely. My background is actually in meditation. I I started as a meditation facilitator in in the hopes of curing myself, fixing myself. Um, So I was meditating for 20 years before I created this tool. Um, And yeah, very much calls on some of those Eastern philosophies. And you're absolutely right. Science in the West thought that we could understand ourselves objectively, ignoring the subjective, (laughs) ignoring what was going on internally inside that person. And we just thought, oh, we can just look at them and see what they're doing and, and analyze them and tell them who they are. And that's where all of our personality tests come from and all of that stuff. Um, I call BS on that. <laughs> uh, you're so much more nuanced, so much more complex than any personal than any um uh, personality test can determine you are than any analysis can determine you are and that's where the eastern philosophies really understood the human equation much better than our western and now what i love is that western science is able to look at the brain because in the last 30 years, we've been great. they've invented modern brain scanners that can actually peek inside the skull non-invasively. And they're able to see what is actually going on when people have these deep states of enlightenment and these really esoteric experiences. And they're able to see, yeah, there's a reaction happening in the brain first, which is driving that feeling, right? So that's awesome. Yeah. And one thing that's really struck me as as awesome is okay so not only do you have an award-winning book but you know you you work with people on actually implementing the things that you wrote about and then you've got the member portal where mm-hmm. people can continue and continue to work um because it it isn't just like a one and done kind of thing right you got to con- continue working to to develop those those pathways that well I, I would imagine that once you start uh repatterning your brain to uh achieve a positive state uh what you're looking for it becomes easier to to develop positive patterns and that sort of thing. Is that, am I accurate or am I off base? Um, a, a little bit off base. And I'll just explain what happens. In your brain right now, there are patterns that work and there are patterns that don't work. There, I don't look at patterns as being good or bad. I don't look at them as being positive, negative. They just either work for the situation that you're in. In other words, meaning that they deliver you to your goals or they um, feel good, right? Or both. And they work for everybody. They're not creating conflict around you. Well, they don't work. They're causing you to suffer. They're causing you to procrastinate. They're causing you to avoid something, right? Okay, great. So knowing that, then what what we could say is what created 
a pattern to either work or not work today based on your past. Because at some point in your past, every pattern that you created worked. Even a pattern that was caused post-traumatic stress disorder later on in life, at the time it got you through that situation that you were in. So it was absolutely required. So what then causes a pattern to become unworkable? Well, like I said, the situation that you're in today doesn't actually line up with the past situation in which the pattern was first created. So what that means is that a pattern that continues to work just simply means that the situation that you're in is closely aligned with the time that the pattern was first created. The situation hasn't changed that much. The further away from that initial situation that your today situation is, the more unworkable that pattern will become. So when people start to repattern their brain, initially, there's a lot of unworkable patterns as you can imagine, right? Because a lot of these patterns are created in childhood. So I like to say there's a five-year-old running the show most of the time. So a lot of those patterns are created very young and many of them no longer work, right? There's a lot that do, don't get me wrong. There's some very successful people out there, but some of those patterns no longer work. So initially when they come, they go, oh my gosh, Adele, like, you know, I got all these problems and where am I going to start and all of this stuff? And they feel a little overwhelmed. So we just take it one problem at a time and we just say, okay, we're just going to repattern one problem, one problem, one problem. And at about the eight to 12 week mark for most people, they start to go, oh my gosh, I'm not suffering anymore. Oh my gosh, my life feels amazing. Everything feels so positive. Everything feels great. What does that tell us? Well, that just tells us that they've upgraded all of those old patterns. And now those patterns are closely aligned with every situation that you're in today. Okay. But you're right, Dave, if they stop repatterning, what's going to happen? Those patterns will once again become obsolete. The world keeps moving on, right? Those patterns that are created today will once again start to cause suffering because they're no longer aligned with the situation you're in. And then that person has to start repatterning again. So I like to tell all of my clients, look, let's not stop. Let's just keep setting the goal a little bit higher, right? And then that will cause you to say, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Great. You're going to use that to repattern. And then you'll just keep going. And that's what the hub is all about. There's courses in there on all sorts of things, money and relationships and leadership and sales. And it doesn't matter. You'll find it in the hub. And it's so that it just keeps the person on that track of repatterning. So um, one of the, we're talking about the past. We're talking about uh, people who are traumatized by the past. So one of the things that I repatterned very, very early on after I created this repatterning was I had a pattern for shame. It was an existential pattern for shame. It stemmed from an incident in my childhood. I had done 10 years of therapy to try and be free of it. And still, I blushed uncontrollably in certain situations and in certain conversations. And so I thought, okay, I'm just stuck with this. Like, you know, I just got to deal with this. Anyway, after I I created this repatterning technique. I thought to myself, what if? What if I could actually repattern that incident that had occurred in the past? So I remember, Dave, I was walking in my neighborhood and it was it was a, a dark night. It was a quiet night. It was summer. There was nobody out and it was just me. And I was just walking up and down the streets. And I kept applying the four steps. And I just kept applying the four steps. And after I kept applying the four steps, I had this 
incident in which it honestly felt like somebody had opened up all the drawers in my brain, had pulled out all the files that related to that incident, thrown them up in the air, and they just came down sorted differently. I started to smile. I started to see all the different players who had been in the past in that incident, and they all started to arise differently inside my mind. And then the next thing you know, I started to laugh because I started to see things that I didn't even remember about the situation. And in that moment, I went, oh my gosh, I'm free. I never have to feel shame again, not not shame, existential shame, right? Of course, shame will always be attached to certain situations because it's needed. It's a necessary emotion. But that's that's particularly devised for that situation. I was feeling it constantly. It was just my constant companion. And at that point I went, oh my gosh, we don't have to be stuck with anything from our past, nothing. We actually can upgrade the pattern that drives that memory and actually change that memory. And it was such a liberating moment for me. And since then, I have gone on to teach people how to do that. I, I work with people with post-traumatic stress, stress disorder and with incidents from their past that they can't seem to be free on. And, you know, a lot of them have the same experience that I had. It's just like, wow, I missed three quarters of it when I was going through it or my memory did. Right. And now it's all different and complete and just showing up completely differently. Your brain's remarkable. I just want to say that I I am. (laughs) I geek out on the brain because it's so remarkable what's available in there. So once again, step one is identifying the, the pattern that's got you stuck. So we have to start with just asking, okay, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? And what one thought is going through my mind? Now, our mind will run us down rabbit holes. So one thought, one thought only. Um, If we let it run, it will just keep chasing its own tail. But yeah, that's where we start. It's just, it's very simple. What am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? And what is one thought that's going through my mind? Then you deconstruct that pathway is that yeah so then your next step is to own it as a pattern so you need to flip that switch it's not actually happening in the situation or in you it's happening in the brain pattern so we're just going to own it as a pattern i created that and and we say that very very gently because it's not like you meant to create it most of these patterns were created just out of the situation that you're in So we're always very gentle with ourselves, never make anything wrong, but take back your power from your pattern, right? Just, just take it back. It served a purpose in the moment it was created. It did. But we're not living in that moment anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So then step three is where we are going to deconstruct, as you said. Okay. And then, and, and talk about when you're, when you're deconstructing it, how should we, uh, how should we think about that, uh, in, in yeah. terms of like mechanically or chemically or how, how are we deconstructing that neural pathway? Yeah, well, this is going to sound like a total oversimplification of your brain, and it is, but it's a great way to think about how your brain works. Just think about that neural pathway as being connected, and we're just going to go in there and we're just going to tease it gently apart. Now, your brain is all. It's always rewiring, okay? But it tends to do it only when it has to and only when it makes corrections based on the situation, okay? But your brain has 
what is called plasticity. That's just a simple, a fancy word that just means it's always rewiring, okay? So we're just gonna go in there and we're just gonna tease that pathway apart. And then the brain will do what the brain does, which is it will snap into new channels. It will never leave you with without a pattern. It will never leave you with a void in that pathway. So it will just snap into new channels. Now think about that and just let that sink in for a moment. You've got a brain pathway and that brain pathway is driving a particular action, a particular behavior, a particular belief. If we can tease that apart and snap it into new channels, can you see how you will never take that action again? Yeah. How you will never adopt that behavior again? How you will never have that belief again? That's what happened with my existential shame. When I teased that pattern apart and it snapped into new channels, suddenly I was totally free because I didn't have to fight at myself anymore. I didn't have to convince myself anymore. That belief, that behavior, that action was just gone. And a new action took its place because your brain does what it does and it upgrades, it rewires. And once it had rewired, I had a different action, a different behavior, a different belief. And that's the beauty of deconstructing your patterns. Now, like I said, our brain is always doing this, but it it prefers to use an existing pattern because it knows that you can survive using that existing pattern. It doesn't know you can survive with a new pattern. Now, of course you can. Of course, once you create that new pattern, you're going to just feel great, right? right? But initially it takes something to teach the brain to do that because it prefers not to. So, um, so that's why I say it's a tricky step for me to explain in a one hour podcast, but I do write it all out in my book or you can get free training in the hub, which shows you how to do that. Okay. Um, but that's, that's the best way to think about it. Just think about teasing that apart. Let the brain do what the brain does, which is snap into new channels. People sometimes ask me, well, how do I know that the new pattern is going to deliver a better result than the old pattern? That's typically the question I get, right? <laughs> and the answer to that is because the new pattern is created now for now. And a pattern that you created when you're in a traumatic situation, let's just go back to that post-traumatic stress, that situation has already moved on. And the situation that you're in now is no longer traumatic. So um, it's going to align as best it can with the actual situation you're in. And that's what makes it workable. That's what makes it a good pattern rather than a pattern that delivers suffering. I'm glad that you clarified that because in in my mind, that was just kind of, from my perspective, when I'm framing things in the, like healing from PTSD, uh, you know, when you let go of those patterns, those triggers, if you can create a new neural pathway um, for now, to me, anything is better than the fight or flight <laughs> that, response. Exactly. So, um, yeah. but for, for those listening that would like to connect with you and, uh, you know, for those that are responsible for bringing speakers in to their organizations, um, what's the best way for people to connect with you? And and where's the best place for people to get your book? Okay, so my book, you can get it at www.shift4steps.com. So that's the number four steps.com. Um, and I gift it. All I ask is that people pay for shipping, but I will send you a free autograph copy. Um, the other 
the if you want some of my training, like if you want to know more about your brain patterns, and if you want to get into the hub or just try out the hub, you can go to adelspragon.com. Uh, S-P-R-A-G-G-O-N for Spragan. And there you'll find, you can get a copy of the book there as well, but you can also find some free training. And then your social media accounts are linked there on yeah. your Yeah, if website. you just Google my name, you'll find all my social media accounts. Um, if you Google shift four steps uh, or uh, four steps personal empowerment, you will also find me that way. Shift itself is a very popular book name. So you probably won't find it through that, um, but try the shift four steps and you should find me. Right, great. Well, Adele, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your experience and sharing your wisdom with us. And I would urge everybody listening to go to her, her website, adelespragan.com, uh, check out her book, um, check out the hub. There, there's so many resources on her, on her website, uh, and when you start reading a little more about her, uh, already I'm sure you're very impressed with her, but you got to check out what she's what she's been able to accomplish, the things that she's done, the people that she's helped. Um, so you're in uh, this uh, this interview is just I, I am so grateful to to you for sharing this with with my audience and um, I wish you all the luck in the world and all the success in the world. Thank you. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review.